You're listening to episode 74 of the Urban Yogi Podcast featuring Tom Barnett. Tom Barnett studied conventional and alternative methods of wellness, and when he was faced with his own health issues, had to find real answers. Never really had to justify a thought process for financial reasons and always put an experience before monetary gain. His main aim when engaging with an audience is simply to open new avenues of thought. Now, I first came across Tom Barnett's work through a video that went viral uh, at the beginning of this whole uh, pandemic, and it really resonated with me being a student of Germanic New Medicine. And I reached out to him and he agreed to be on the show. And we had a really juicy conversation about wellness and microbes and terrain theory and and really what what the whole sort of underpinnings of this global situation uh, are in, in Tom's view. And, and really everything Tom said resonated with me. And so I hope you enjoy this interview. He has agreed to come back onto the show again to delve more into the nitty gritty of um, Dr. Zach Bush's understanding of the virome uh, and the difference between so-called viruses, exosomes, and somatids, and all these sort of nitty-gritty little details uh, that that I was curious about. And Tom, I'm excited to pick Tom's brain. So check out the first part of this interview and stay tuned for the next part. Namaste. Awesome. So I'm here with the one and only uh, Tom Barnett, and I first came across Tom's work uh, from a viral video that you had created near the beginning of this whole uh, global pandemic uh, situation, and um, it was really refreshing to see you speaking about these so-called viruses in in a way that was completely different than you know sort of the allopathic view of these evil killers in the sky, in the air, in the blood. Um, and it really resonated with me as somebody who's been studying uh, something called Germanic New Medicine. I don't know if you're if you're familiar with it, but it's basically the understanding that no illness can happen in the body without the involvement of the psyche and the brain. And there's five sort of biological laws that this um, physician named Dr. Rikigerd Hammer discovered. And the third one is, or the fourth one is, microbes. So bacteria, viruses, fungi, mycobacteria play a beneficial role in the healing phase of diseases. So I'll let you take it from here, Tom, but I'd love to hear your sort of perspective on exosome theory versus what Dr. Zach Bush is saying in terms of viruses being these viromic updates uh, versus the Germanic New Medicine view, which is their viruses are not contagious, they're endogenous, they're made inside of us. They're like soaps, as I've heard you say, like solvents. So it seems like there's all these different alternative views from the from the mainstream that I love to delve into with you. Yeah, sure. It's well, look, there's a lot of different ways to look at many things. And just because some are different, it doesn't make one wrong. You know, I mean, germ theory is wrong, (laughs) but the way that the way that other people are talking about it is um, maybe just a way they're trying to maybe explain the same thing, but they're explaining it somewhat differently. Right. And Amanda, uh, sorry to interrupt, Amanda Vollmer, who was on the podcast, she said viruses is actually an umbrella term for many different types of things like um, somatids, for example, exosomes, like it's like an umbrella term. So sorry, I'll let you go from there. Yeah, I'd, I'd pretty much agree with that too, because there's a lot that goes on. If we look at the overarching, uh, I guess, what you're trying to explain, you're trying to explain 
the idea that they're there to provide assistance and they're not the germ theory model, which is that they're there to attack and destroy and to something to fear. So they really, they have a role to play as everything in nature does. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a relation to how we are functioning. So yeah, can they be deadly? Sure. But that's because we, we've led a deadly lifestyle. You know, that's like, it's not that the, you know, uh, whether it's a fungus or a bacteria or a virus or whatever, it's not that they are deadly. It's the fact that um, we have put ourselves in a position where by them doing their job, then we can come to some sort of harm. But that's only in, in the case of where somebody has not looked after themselves, essentially. So, uh, yeah, as far as the difference between the way that a lot of the prominent people are talking about it, uh, my understanding is more along the lines of the dramatic new medicine and the exosomes, more so than what Zach Bush was talking about in that video that you sent me. Uh, there's re reasons for that, which we can get into, but essentially the way I understand it is that they are simply the body's remedy to a sick or a toxic internal environment, specifically within a cell. And it's the cell's mechanism by which it can clean itself when the standard cleaning mechanisms, fungus, bacteria, and parasites aren't able to do that job because they're not, they're not, they don't have the faculties to do it or by cleaning the cell, they're actually dying in the process because there's something that are alive, whereas a virus is not alive. So you can't kill it. That's why it's referred to as a solvent. Right. And then I would add with the Germanic new medicine perspective, the psyche. So if we're, it, it, we are what we eat, what we drink and what we think. So it's not only external toxins, that's right. poison food, but it's also toxic thoughts and stuff that we're being fed fear-based sort of thought formations, would you say as well? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So in my first video, I put it not so eloquently. I said, people have spent a number of years putting shit in their bodies and shit in their minds. And that's what causes the, these sorts of ailments in people. So yeah, I, I completely agree with the uh, dramatic new medicine approach to that, where it does have a lot to do with the psyche. So everything that is physical, this goes across the board. Everything that is physical has a metaphysical counterpart it's like it's like uh you know if you're looking at water you've got the real thing and the reflection it's an equal or sometimes even greater uh part of what you're experiencing so if somebody's going through like parasite infections for example if they have a parasite in the body that is like it's an overgrowth of parasites because parasites aren't bad per se then there is something else going on maybe there's a non-physical entity that is part of them or they have a parasitic nature they're like you know, sucking off other people in some way or another. So there's always a, meta, a metaphysical counterpart to whatever physical act or action is going on. I see. That's a really great way to describe it. How did you first like realize that what we were being taught in the allopathic mainstream view was uh, fishy? Uh, well, it, yeah, I mean, I was fully into it for a number of years. It was only after I got really sick myself. And then all of these people who were supposedly you know, highly decorated experts, they couldn't do anything. These were people that I was associated with and was learning from and uh, they, they had nothing and then they went quiet and then they, they block you and all that sort of stuff. It's like, dude, you know, come on, you're supposed to know this stuff. And then, um, so I had to look into a lot of different places, you know, to find answers because what I was being taught was not correlating to the real world. There was so many inconsistencies and just some downright what I found to be lies. So that's how I found it was through my own negative. Well, you call it negative because no one likes being sick, but it has its positive outcomes. But that's essentially how. 
how do you how do you deal with the um the, the the sort of the criticism the sort of backlash towards you for speaking out uh i don't know i, <laughs> I don't i don't deal with it because i don't i don't even notice it um, you know, I'm not, I'm not a registered doctor like Andy Kaufman or Thomas Cowan or any, anyone like that. Like no one's coming to, no one from the board of medicine is knocking on my door. No one's threatening to take a license away because I don't have one. And uh, I also never intended to uh, actually continue to speak about this sort of stuff because I just needed to make a, a video for my friends so that they'd get some sense into them. And uh, so, yeah, look, the, I mean, I got onto mainstream national news as some, um, uh, dangerous anti-vaxxer and all this sort of stuff, but it's happened before. And it's uh, really of no interest to me because I'm not, I'm not in a position of needing to defend myself about anything because if they want to go and run their stories as the mainstream does, they just do it. I just, like, I've really got no energy going in that direction whatsoever. So I just let them do their thing. If people actually want to find something out, then they can call me and ask me, or they can ask me for an interview or whatever. And I will always take them to the point where I got challenged several times after that video and uh, I accepted them all. And all of a sudden everyone backed out, you know, Oh, come on my show and we'll do an interview with the doctor and all this sort of stuff. I go, yeah. Okay. And then all of a sudden they don't want to talk to me. anymore. <laughs> it's just, yeah. So I, that's what I love. And that's what I sense about you is you've got really good boundaries in terms of, you know, what your purpose is. Um, I'm sort of a very sensitive, empathic kind of person as I know you are. And so I, I kind of look up to people like you and I go, like, I also see this in Andy Kaufman, the energy, the frequency, you're just this pillar expressing the truth, a truth, your truth that resonates with so many. And is there, do you have any tips for someone like me who's still cultivating that ability to be the pillar? And then when I get the insult, when I get the attack to not mm -hmm. take it personally and to just keep being neutral, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's um, so it's first of all, we're definitely uh, even though we're all human beings, we definitely have very different makeups. We have different strengths and weaknesses. Some of us are a lot more sensitive than others. And that's a real thing. Like a lot of people who don't have that sensitivity because they, they don't have the empathy that goes along with that. They are really quick to judge somebody that's that uh, is sensitive and they, you know, they're not able to handle things. So, like, well, why can't you just, just get up off your ass and do it? You know, that sort of thing. But they don't know how these people are actually operating because we're never taught that. Again, the system teaches us that we should all do the same stuff. We're all basically the same. If you can't do this, you're lazy, you're useless, you're this, that, and the other. And that really takes away on purpose some of the power of the very sensitive and empathic people who should be the ones that are really leading the world, not the ones that are very, very brutally uh, have brutal, like uh, what do you call it? armor around them and all that sort of stuff, because that's what's got us to where we are. And they particularly don't want people who are sensitive and empathic to rise into what their role truly is. So keep that in mind to start with. Um, I am actually naturally sensitive myself as well. I did develop a lot of armor though through my uh, growing up. But um, to answer your questions specifically, just that was just to set some background for it. I think the greater somebody has a grounding and a connection to the earth below and also a connection to the above. That's two things. That's your higher self and your, your own purpose and also a higher power. Uh, if you've got that connection above and below, it's very hard to be drawn out of your center. If you can hold those, then it's much easier to, to hold that center and that resonant value that is you. And then it doesn't really matter what comes your way because your purpose is so strong and your connection is so strong. Mm 
So when you're connected to something far more powerful than you, such as a creator, and the, the land and the earth itself is far more powerful than just us. When you feel that connection, or you can feel the presence of a mount, like a majestic mountain behind you, or all of your ancestors who've come before you, behind you, it's very hard to actually succumb to the uh, vitriol of one man or a group of men and women or whatever. You know, it's like, I guess the, sim- the way to condense that is just to say that if you are tapped into something that is higher and more powerful than the vitriol that's coming at you, then that's what you, I find personally uh, is able to withstand it. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for that. And I, I've been getting into the work of Montak Chia, multi-orgasmic man, practices Taoist esoteric yoga. I mm-hmm. was, my sort of short story is I kind of got addicted to cocaine for a couple of years back in 2015, super ungrounded. Then I replaced that addiction with Kundalini yoga, which is great. It's a great, you know, gets you really high, but it's always up, 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 like really sort of mm-hmm. headaches I was getting. And then I discovered Montak Chia, which is like microcosmic orbit. So it's like connecting to the earth and heaven rather than just heaven or the earth and now i feel a lot more grounded and i'm like oh that's interesting i'm less influenced by other people's shit and and it feels so much better so thank you for that encouragement i'll keep doing that and i find it barefoot walking and like being in nature really grounding yeah well the other thing too will is uh one thing i think people are missing the point of at the moment is they're too fixated on what's going on with the scam and that's part of their agenda. So when you're in that, if you put yourself in their shoes and with what they're trying to do, uh, part of it is to, is to get people buying into their story. But the other part is for those that don't, like a lot of people are waking up, mm-hmm. but what they're falling into the trap of is being still fixated on that day in, day out. They're looking at new, the stories and links and this and that and videos. And it's like, but you're missing the point. You're still you've got to understand that that is a, a psyop or a, a uh, it's the matrix or it's whatever you want to call that. But then if you're not creating each day and still doing the things that are joyful, like are you still putting your focus into what you're learning and what you're creating? Are you playing your instrument? Are you playing your sport? Are you going dancing? Are you having fires with your mates and bonding? Yeah. Are you doing these things as well? Because I know a lot of people aren't, I know they're fully fixated on this agenda and trying to figure it out. And what do we do next? And by doing that, you might think that you're going against the agenda because you've figured it out, but you're actually playing right into it still because it's what you're focusing on most of the time. You know, are you still creating a new, what, whatever? Are you looking at land with people? Are you creating a new business? You know, are learning a new skill? Have you met a new lover? Or what are you doing that's outside of that whole thing? And that's the part that I think people need to uh, reconnect to is that higher purpose and creativity beyond whatever the agenda is. That's beautiful. So I look at people like uh, David Avocado Wolf. I'm not sure if you follow him on his Telegram feed, but it's very, okay. It's, he's constantly posting memes, exposing the agenda and the psyops and this and that and the pedophilia. And it's almost, it's probably 95% that kind of content. And then 5% like, hey, try this colloidal silver. Hey, check out my medicinal mushroom supplements. I've noticed he does that on, on Telegram. And then on Instagram and Facebook, it's more sort of PC, as it were, and more sort of health focused. Mm-hmm. So I look at somebody like him, I guess with his composition, he's able to sort of maintain that balance between exposing the stuff and kind of poking fun at it and also cultivating his passion and health. So I guess I'm in a place where I'm cultivating that balance as well, because to just do the sex Kung Fu and share the technologies and the yoga, 
I still have this urge to sometimes post memes <laughs> and to sometimes, you know, kind of do the David Avocado Wolf Telegram expose thing. So I guess what I'm hearing you saying is we all have to find our own balance and we can't just be constantly pushing against because that's just feeding the fire. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And also some people have a constitution that can do more of that than others. Some people can literally be hammering that stuff all the time and it's not negatively affecting them and other people can't really go near it. So it's really, like you said, it's finding your own balance between, uh, helping to you know lay things out as they are but also not forgetting the more important things in life as well thank you there's an author named dolores cannon i'm not super familiar with her work but she talks about the indigo children versus the crystal children and how mm -hmm. indigo constitution is to be on the front lines and to maybe fight a little bit and you know be the rosa parks whereas then there's the crystal children who are meant to just not fight and because their nervous systems aren't strong enough for that they're meant to just kind of exist as the change with all the great paving of the way that the indigos have done mm -hmm. i kind of like that sometimes because i'm like okay sometimes i feel like i'm an indigo sometimes i feel like i'm a crystal child and i feel like maybe historically i've been pushing a little too much so i'm kind of learning how to relax into that crystalline nature of just being the change and having the bonfires i mean i just had a men's group meeting last night and a guy in my group pointed that out to me he's like you seem to really want to like expose the truth like can we just chill the fuck out and go for a run <laughs> yeah well yeah that actually is a lot more fun than okay thank you and now namaste <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that way of describing it sounds just like describing masculine and feminine though right indigo and crystal sounds like masculine and feminine was she the one that coined the term indigo children i heard it was some lady and i think it was her that coined it that any child born after 1980 i think or on was an indigo child is that kind of right or not i think that's right yeah, yeah. and the crystals i think she was saying the crystals came in like the 1990s or something according to her okay all right yeah so i think that's right um so okay so without pushing against the the dominators i call it the dominator system too much uh in in your perspective uh what is what is going on like i've sort of said things like it's a psychological operation a mentor of mine was saying, well, you know, I don't think it's that. I think it's just a bunch of um, delusional narcissists, uh, you know, wanting to feel like they're the heroes and the saviors. So they've created this whole thing. And I said, well, to me, that's really what a psyop is, a bunch of delusional narcissists. So what would you say is going on in a nutshell? Okay. Uh, well, I think that's an innocent way to look at it. I'm not saying it's wrong. I think it's innocent to just think that it's delusional narcissists doing all this because it's very, very, very well orchestrated. I think there's a lot more going into it, like uh, like higher entities that aren't don't have good intentions that are specifically driving what's going on, uh, and have done have been doing for thousands of years. Do you think those entities and, are artificial intelligence or like uh, non-human entities? Yeah, yeah, and. Um, yeah, I just think that that's, that's always there. It's always been part of it. It's always been part of folklore and mythology and, and everything that there are dark forces that operate as there are light forces that operate. And they're always balanced out. And there's always a dance and they're always trying to balance out. It's kind of like the way life is meant to be and the way I understand it. So um, I, don't think it's a, I don't think it's an innocent, oh, we're just confused and we're just caught up in this. I think it's very, very deliberate. Uh, I think it's got a lot to do with still maintaining control. The problem is, is when you're doing something that goes against um, the, like a higher power than what you exist in. For example, these people that are doing 
the nasty stuff at the moment are still, if you look at what they're doing, they're still following a higher law. Like they still have to tell people what they're going to do before they do it and give clues as to what they are doing. That's how we can figure all this stuff out. Uh, the reason they need to do that is because if they do stuff without actually laying it out in some way, shape or another, then they are going against the higher power and there are consequences to that. So the way I see it is that we have like the physical world, which is kind of like us operating here. Above that, we have like some technically higher levels of entities, whether they're light, dark or whatever. And then above that, there's more. And then above that, I don't know how many layers or levels, seven I've heard of whatever. But then there's, uh, then you've got like the overarching, the, the overarching powers, the creator, God, whatever you want to call that. And uh, you can't get past that. So what I think though is happening is that once you start down a path of deluding people and wanting to take power for yourself, that has consequences. And the further it's gone throughout time, the, the, the further the snowball effect it, it has gone on. And that's why there's so many mistakes being made now, like very willy nilly putting things out that are obviously just, uh, you know, just they're, they're obviously like really falling apart. And, but that's what happens. It's like a lie. You can only maintain a lie for so long before you slip up or it comes out. And the longer it goes for the, the, the higher the consequences or the, the further you fall once that happens. And that's what I see happening now. It's like a battle for power, uh, a, a, a collapsing of the old, of the old ways and like a changing of the guard, that kind of thing. So I think that's what's happening now. What we're seeing is all cover-up. So whenever you see a lockdown, it's a cover-up for someone in, say, politics or somewhere that is a that something really bad's going down and they need something to take the attention away. So that's essentially how things play out. You know, a lot of people say that the world is a stage. So whatever we see is not what's going on. That's the charade to, like, the sleight of hand. So you kind of go, okay, well, I see you know, lockdowns going or the presidents are changing over in the United States or there's some fake thing going on and you go, that's what we're seeing. So what is actually happening? So whenever I see something like that, I go, what's actually happening? And I'll look around it to see what might be going on behind the scenes that it's covering up for. Right. It makes me think of that video of, of I don't know if you saw Chris Sky, the Canadian coming back to Canada and he was in the airport and um, he basically turned on his live and he's like, Hey, like guys, you don't have to be in this line. Like we're Canadian citizens. You can decline having to get the test. Just, just go home. You don't have to quarantine yourself and spend $2,000 in the hotel. Don't. And then um, he literally was so sort of confident in himself that the police literally shook his hand. <laughs> so at, like to sort of reference your comments or allude to your comment of like all the world's a stage, it was kind of like an act and they're like, good job. Like <laughs> it just, was, yeah money figured it out well done <laughs> yeah good job <laughs> figured that shit out yeah um and then that sort of ties into i don't know if you saw the video of um chris sky was on it and then they were interviewing dr judy mikovitz and andy kaufman and i didn't see it but i heard that judy slipped up a little when she actually admitted something that andy was saying yeah and then the moderator kicked andy off the call which was really frustrating because he was getting on really good um but he was just saying like judy like there's no evidence that you've ever isolated the so-called hiv virus and she's like she freaked out she's like yes i did and she like literally took her hat like make america great ahead she had put it on her head she's like yes and it was like well it's like all the world's a stage she was really fighting for her her belief that she isolated it from some aids patient in in um the 80s in where was it montreal 
And so he, he was super calm and he just said, well, like, I don't, I've never seen the paper. Can you show me the paper? And then he got kicked off the call. Yeah. But, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So like, I've been studying a lot of different things. Like there's this amazing book called Virus Mania by Austin mm -hmm. uh, Engelbrecht. Um, I got sort of into the whole metaphysical thing. My dad's a psychiatrist and this was on his bookshelf. I guess one mm -hmm. of his patients gave it to him and I was like, can I have that? Yeah. He's like, sure. Um, for the people listening, I just showed Luis L. Hey, you can heal your life. And then recently I've been getting into this book. Uh, Amanda Vollmer recommended it. Uh, what really makes yep. you feel mm -hmm. by Don Lester and David Parker. Yep. And this one was really eye opening fear of the invisible by Janine mm -hmm. Roberts. Mm -hmm. And it just was, it was such an eye opener because like, I used to think that I was like, gay. And then I realized that I was just being poisoned by Monsanto. And as I was getting the glyphosate and the atrazine out of my system, I was like, oh, I kind of want to eat a nice tight pussy now. Like it was really interesting. And also combining that with semen retention. So sort of purifying the vessel, retaining the seed. I was like, oh, I want to impregnate a woman now. Mm -hmm. so, so that was a whole interesting shift. But when I identified as sort of militantly gay, I noticed that like all my gay friends were on AIDS drugs whether or not they were diagnosed with so-called HIV or not, whether they had a positive or negative test, they were all literally like 99% on AIDS drugs. And they're like, you should get on AIDS drugs. It's great. You can fuck anybody in the ass. It's so fun. Oh my God. I'm, I'm, I'm being a bit of a caricature, but there were some <laughs> were basically like, but you can just butt fuck all the time now. And, uh, and then that makes me think of the atrazine studies they've done on frogs. When they just give a little bit of atrazine to male frogs, they just fuck each other in the rectum all day, every day. So right. gay guys don't like it when I say that. And I think there are some people who are genuinely two spirit, but I think a lot of the sort of homosexual proclivity and the gender dysphoria that's being amped up is mm -hmm. caused by these chemicals that are in the food. But yeah. my, my point is sort of like, what do you think about, what do you think about the chemicalization in the food and how that's affecting our behavior? And uh, I think I just had the need to tell you this because that that's been my experience and it was a huge schism in my psyche because that was oh, like, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I was like, I really, do not, I, something doesn't feel right about this approach to life and to be on a mm -hmm. prophylactic black box medication so that you can have butt sex. It just felt so out of balance. And yeah. then I, I was reading, you know, like the, the so-called first age patients, they were all heroin addicts. They were yeah. all doing crystal meth every night. They were all being fisted every night. They were all living the fast track life of mm -hmm. taking high doses of Cipro, like antibiotics in the gay bars because they thought that would prevent STDs. So I was like, that's just a yeah. recipe for fucking yourself. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I don't know if we want to riff on that topic. Well, that's what, that's what, that's how AIDS was. Um, AIDS was invented in a lab in I think, 1961 or 62. And um, it was put into uh, the Hep B shot and they were trying to give that to the undesirables which were the ones doing a lot of intravenous drugs and and uh, the homosexual crowd in um in the united states and then uh they actually infected a bunch of heterosexual people too i think it was 10 percent of the population then they put it in the smallpox vaccine and sold it to africa and then that's how they took over africa because they bankrupted 30 something african nations and uh and then yeah by basically making them sick then telling them that they have medicines which was chemo to help fix it which didn't do anything, but then they racked up big medical debts and they couldn't pay it back. Mm. And that was to, I think, Britain. And then they said, well, don't worry, you don't have to pay it back. We'll just take your resources. That can be your payment. So that's how they took over. They bankrupted and took over all the African nations. So it's definitely not a sexuality thing. It's a, it was a, a invented thing that they spiked into 
people that were high intravenous drug users back in the at the time. And wow. so medications have been used for a long time to be able to change and modify human behavior. And uh, to the point where you can make uh, humans sterile, you can make them confused about gender and sexuality, you can make them disconnected from the source. That's one of the biggest things that the uh, chemicals do is the body has a very pristine and well-functioning operational system where we have, we're told what to do or our cells know what to do because they have receptor sites and those receptor sites pick up chemical messengers. Those are usually in the form of hormones, enzymes, amino acids. And then what happens though is that they have a very sensitive uptake to uh, anything that's maybe a metallic mineral. So that means that things that are foreign to the body that don't need to be made or synthesized first, the receptor sites will take them up very, very quickly. Once they're blocked, they won't take up the natural chemical messengers. Mm -hmm. So that's why these things get injected into us, sprayed into the air, put into our food supply and water, because it very, very effectively cuts us off from the natural messenger systems that our body creates, or that is something to do with light or temperature or whatever else which again, can make us sterile, can make us confused about gender and sexuality, can cut us off from a higher power or a connection to the earth. So we're running around trying to fill ourselves with other stuff like TV and then junk food and this and that. Well, maybe I can't be healthy without medication. I'll just take medications. And each time you do that, you're further cutting yourself off from the, uh, the source within and a higher source or a power that's around us all the time that is giving us the guidance as to well, just guidance, you know, for whatever that looks like. And so that's why we have so many people that are confused and angry and upset and misguided and everything today and infertile. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's, that's the agenda. That's one of the agendas anyway. Have you seen the documentary, The Disappearing Male on YouTube? No, but I can imagine what it's about. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's, it's everything you just said. Um, you know, like they're finding more, more and more young boys, their testicles haven't descended. The penis hasn't fully grown. Sometimes the labial folds don't even fold over and form into the scrotal sac. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so if, if it's doing that to our bodies, as you said, what's it doing to our psyches? Yeah, yeah, and that's a that's a big part of uh, just going back to those uh, the darker entities that are part of life. Mm-hmm. My understanding, don't take this as this is exactly what they are. It's my understanding is that they are they don't have creativity. They don't have empathy, compassion, or love. So what they do is they constantly, they're constantly needing to feed themselves the same way that an affected human will constantly try to feed itself because it doesn't have a connection to these things. Right. That's what they feed on. So if they can create fear, unsurety, anger, apathy, all the negative kind of heavy emotions that carry weight, all emotions carry weight. They can create that. They get more food for themselves. That is my understanding is what their food is they don't necessarily need the physical food as much as the metaphysical food and that's what they feed on so when they can poison the food the air the water and everything else in our minds then what is created from the human being much like in the matrix movie you see those uh pods of people who are technically alive a heartbeat and a respiration but uh aren't really living their life and they're being sucked from uh, that to me is what my understanding is that that is what's happening and what they are feeding on though is those negative heavy things that create metaphysical weight that is food for them and if we were if more people were more connected and more grounded 
then that's far less food for them. And therefore the, uh, we tip the balance essentially in that situation. That makes total sense. So in that vein, how, so, okay. So the, 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 the so-called HIV was literally a poison, maybe a patented thing, almost like how people say, well, well, you know, the coronavirus has been patented, so it does exist. It's bio warfare. But then Amanda Ballmer said, no, it, yeah, it was patented, but not to spray into the air, but rather to put into the, the COVID vaccine. So yeah. is it the same with the so-called HIV thing? It was some sort of patented bio yeah. weapon that can only be transferred through the, uh, the, the perhaps the pills or the injections, as you were saying, of the hepatitis B? Yeah, it has to be for, by, via injection. You can't, you can't get uh, anything like that into the bloodstream unless it's it, because you've got too many def, uh, defenses within the body that it can't pass through to get to the bloodstream. It can only get there by injecting straight into the bloodstream. So that's why they patent it and that's how they get it into the body. So someone gets the injection, they have the, the HIV toxin, they have sex with another, it can't be transmitted through sex. It has to be injected. No. That's yeah, what I has, has to be blood to blood. Um, so yeah, I mean, it could just be blood to blood. Doesn't necessarily have to be injected, but, uh, but that's, yeah, it can, blood to blood is, is a way that it can happen, yeah. I see. So someone gets this, they, re- they wake up, what do they do? Can they detoxify from this? this poison yeah you can there's various ways i mean a lot of people have various methods to do that but essentially it always comes down to allowing the body to function at its optimum which means that you've you've got enough uh nutrients coming in you're not deficient and then you're detoxing well that's essentially what it is Uh, specifically there were people that did trials from reactions to the yellow fever vaccine and what they found was moldy berries were the things that actually neutralized the toxicity that was in that vaccine specifically and and with further trials that i've done and other people have done that seems to help with every vaccine that i've tried it with so basically it's just high levels of nutrients so like some people say you do high high intake of vitamin c or high intake of this and that but realistically that just means nutrients i'm not a big fan of you know uh, synthetic nutrients getting into the body because they're not natural uh if they have an effect well and good but to me, you always get a better effect by using natural foods, for example. So if somebody is willing to have a very, very high quality diet, that's going to allow their uh, nutrient intake to be high enough for the body to fulfill its functional role and also to detoxify the body the way it needs to, to make it run properly, then that's how you can uh, mitigate these things. And that's how people can get over things like AIDS, HIV, uh, or anything. The only thing I'm not sure about is with this old new mRNA stuff. I think the cure for that is to not get in the first place. <laughs> I would have to agree with you. Um, Dr. Christiane Northrop was on the show a couple of years ago, and she revealed that in her hit book, Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom, in one of the new editions that she was writing in the 90s, she interviewed all these gay men who had healed their so-called HIV using natural methods. And her publisher down at Bantam went batshit on her and said, if you put this in the book, we are canceling you. And so she literally had to decide, okay, I'm not going to die on the exposing the HIV hill. I'll mm-hmm. die on exposing the Gardasil vaccine hill. I'll die on the anti-mammogram hill, but you know, I got to pick my battles. So it was interesting yeah. because I just bought her most recent edition of that book. And it still, unfortunately, is so backwards in germ theory. And she had to basically toe the party line to yeah. keep the publishing deal. 
So that was like a really big eye opener for me. I was like, wow, even my mentor, like I, I see her as a mentor, she even had to play the game. So you have to be really mindful about where you get your information from. Well, what she should have done though, is released it through somebody else as an ebook or something like you can always get it out. I think, I don't think you should really, cause she's got to live with that. Like uh, yeah. not, not passing judgment on people, but if you've taken a whole bunch of money to not tell the truth, then you've got to live with that one way or another. And I think uh, you should, if you're going to do that, because, hey, maybe you've got a family, you've got to support, you don't want to be homeless or something. So you take the money. But at the same time, I think you've got to get it out another way. You know, it doesn't have to be your name to it, but you've got to get it out. So uh, yeah, that's, and I, something. that's what she's done recently. Like she, she does this thing called the Great Awakening chat, like every night since like mm -hmm. last year, October, uh, April. And she's literally taken off every possible filter she's ever had because i think she wanted to be that new york times number one best-selling author on oprah so she checked that all off but then when this started happening she's just like "Fuck it i could just see completely filter free she's like germ theory is ridiculous you know the virus probably doesn't exist like she's completely more in alignment with with what we're talking about now yeah and so much so that Wikipedia, whoever controls Wikipedia, Big Pharma, has gone in over the last two weeks and completely changed her Wikipedia. It used to be very neutral. You know, she's a yeah. gynecologist, helped lots of people on Oprah. Now it's like she's a quack. She has fucked up ideas about the vagina. Uh, you know, she believes in Reiki. She believes in tarot cards. She's a complete idiot. You yeah. know, you can't, you know, I tried to go in and change the Germanic New Medicine thread, which is similar. And they literally will not let me change it. They, you know, I change it and then two hours later it gets reverted back. And I say, well, <laughs> all these links you're providing are rotten. Like you click on it, you're not even substantiated. And they say, well, link rot is not an excuse to change. Like they've got it all down so that it's stuck mm. in this, uh, this false germ theory paradigm. So it was yeah. just interesting to have her on the show and for her to reveal that and then to yeah. So anyway, I agree with you. I, I think it's important that people get the truth out one way or another. And it's great to see that she's, she is doing that now. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. um, so detail, so it sounds like, like nutrition, diet, also like what we're thinking and how we're feeling Definitely. about ourselves. And I think that's where Louise Hayes work comes in really handy. It's like yep. self-talk, right? Cause so she says like, there's only one thing to teach and that is love. I teach people to love themselves in the here and now as they are because mm -hmm. self-approval and, and self-acceptance are the keys to sort of growth. Um, yep, what are yep. some good sort of daily habits that you, you utilize to keep yourself in your highest? Yeah, that's really important actually, because that's, again, it's like coming back to the simple, the everyday, that's what builds something strong and, and powerful. So uh, for me, it's always, um, you know, not just kind of going along with things. I make sure that I create what I do. So there's always some practice done in the morning, whether that's uh, just standing in the sun, uh, usually naked, and then, you know, doing some uh, working in, which is essentially just some basic uh, Tai Chi style exercise, which is simply about sinking the body and breath together, cultivating energy, and then unifying your body, mind, soul. Uh, or it's something like some exercise or whatever, whatever it is, it's a way to unify body, mind, and soul and connect to nature and to, uh, you know, set an intention for the day. You know, without that, you're kind of just, I guess, going along with whichever way the wind blows. Right. So with that, from there, it's making sure that there's high quality nutrition provided for the whole day. If that means I've got to spend extra time 
preparing as opposed to, you know, like going on Facebook or doing whatever other people do, watching TV or listening to something, which I don't do. So that time is spent making sure that I've got food for the day, for example, that is, you know, going to give me sustenance and not drag me down or put me into the, you know, one of the things that surprises me is how uh, when people are very, they want to be very connected to things and they don't like anything that these, the dark entities or whatever are doing, but they're willing to just eat whatever. Oh yeah, just give me, give me some of this and give me some of that. And it's like, do you realize that that is their food? They program that stuff and you're like so against it, but then you're just putting that stuff in your mouth and, and then judging somebody who, oh, I don't want to do that. It's inconvenient. It's like, well, you're making your choices. <laughs> so it's really, I think uh, the discipline that is a part of that is one of the fundamental tenets of spirituality. I don't think you can have a high degree of, I mean, I don't usually like that word spirituality, but that connection to self and, and source, unless you have discipline, because it's a, it's just, to me, it's one of the fundamental tenets of uh, having that connection in the grounding. And so that comes in the way that you prepare yourself for the day and how you, whether you go to bed on time or whether you stay up watching YouTube videos or, you know, what it's all these, we all have choices and the choices that we make determine the frequency that we resonate. I love that. I know people who do ayahuasca journeys and then they go to McDonald's after and have Coca-Cola. <laughs> like, yeah. I need to ground myself. Well, there's other ways to ground yourself, bro. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, I really like that. And you know, there's, it's almost like when you go into a, a, a supermarket, you know, 99.9% .9 of things are, like are toxic are the dominator food. And so yeah. you, like, sometimes I, when I first started being mindful of nutrition, I felt like I was being like a little bit overboard because mm. both my parents are medical people and they never cared about whether something was organic or not. So I thought, well, yeah. they're medical, so it must not really matter that much. Mm -hmm. Well, why was I depressed and suicidal in my whole, you know, childhood and high school? Why did I feel so fucked up and foggy in the brain? Well, it does matter because now that I'm, I'm with a superfoods company called Purium. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're based out of LA. It's like high quality organic superfoods um, mm -hmm. that, that basically I'm a brand partner. So I, I get paid to talk about it and sell it, sell it. And they send yeah. me these amazing high quality shakes, like things like wheat, like it's comprised of wheatgrass and carrot juice and and all these things. And then there's like masculinizing herbs like uh, cordyceps mushroom and maca and, and pine pollen. Oh, here, one sec. Um, so it's like, it's like, wow. And then I took some courses in herbology and it's like, oh my gosh, different herbs can like do different things. And I love taking like maca, pine pollen and cordyceps and like mining that with semen retention. Like I literally feel like a man for the first time in my life. Like I can literally feel my cock and balls. I feel more grounded. It's many different things, but I really believe in, in nutrition and herbs to help us feel the way we most want to feel. And it does make a difference. People listening, it does make a difference. You have to try yeah. it. Yeah. Definitely. So we're nearing the end of our interview, but I let me just check and make sure I didn't miss any of my questions for you. Um, yeah, sure. We've talked about self-care practices, and I totally agree with you about getting your balls and cock in the sun. Montauk, mm -hmm. she actually talks about that. He says that like it's important to expose your genitals to nature because it makes them more robust. Um, yeah. And they smell. And, they communicate. <laughs> and, and also he was, um, I was reading this study done in like 1942 where they, they shone UV light on the chests and genitals of males and literally 20 minutes of exposure of, of UV light on the genitals increased the testosterone levels 200%. Mm. 
so yeah, I definitely notice a difference when I, when I do that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so we've gone over, so basically what you're saying is like in general, what the allopathic system is calling viruses are really the exosomes, which are, are packets of, would you say they're kind of like cell poops? Like when the cell is too toxic, yeah. either through nutritional, you know, or, or environmental toxicities and or thought toxicities, the, the cells are shitting out these packets of information, which are triggering other cells to start shitting as well. So it's just like a bunch of shells taking shits. That's, I've never thought of it like that, but that makes a lot of sense. And I really like, I really like that description. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I just, I was thinking, yeah, because yeah. that, that makes the most sense. It's like a bunch of, because like the only thing that kind of screwed up my, not screwed up, but made me like question that. Cause that's what Kelly, I was speaking with Kelly Brogan and when I was trying to understand like the whole, you know, AIDS hoax. Uh, and she basically said that the bottom line is never take a disabling chemical that renders you a patient for life, especially when that decision is based on outdated scientific narratives and robust industry profits. But she also said that like recent research on exosomes shows that some 45% of the human genome is viral in, in origin. Um, so, but the only thing that kind of like threw me off was when I watched Dr. Zach Bush and he was like basically saying, no, exosomes are one thing. And then viruses really are another thing. They're both non-malicious. And he mm. said, thing, cause he's really into glyphosate. So he's like, oh, like look at the places in the world where there's tons of glyphosate spraying, which for yep. listeners is a pesticide that's really damaging for the gut. He said places like Wuhan have super high rates of glyphosate poisoning, as well as just general toxicity. He said, of course, some sort of viromic packet of information is gonna come out of a place like that. He calls like the whole world of viruses, like in the ocean around us and our bodies, the virome. And he says it's distinctly different from the, uh, you know, the, the microbiome, it's the virome. And, mm -hmm. and he said both, you know, human cells, bacterial cells, they all release these viruses, which are really just gen, um, genomic upgrades. So the thing I did like about what he was saying was that viruses are not viral infections. They are viromic updates. Mm -hmm. So could it be that there are exosomes, cell poops, and there are these like updates? Yeah, I mean, that's a big topic. There's, um, there's, there's definitely truth in that. Yeah, yeah, from my understanding. I should say there's truth in that. Yeah. There's, um, there's probably a really big one though. We, sh we could do another uh, session and go pretty much just into that because there's a lot in that, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't want to try to, I don't want to put too much in now. That's just going to be like, Oh, well, why didn't you finish what you were saying? <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, part, I would at least 50% agree with that for sure. I think there's more to it just than that, but, uh, that I think there's definitely merit to that something there okay cool so maybe on, on another episode we can go more deeply into that idea um the only other thing really is like you know this dude yesterday who freaked out at me he's like you know that if, if it's not real and why are there all these people dying and then my first answer is are there yeah and then how would you respond to that well the first one is are there yeah because if you actually ask anybody working in a ward they're mostly empty and then also uh what they're doing obviously is chalking up standard death rates to COVID, which is not true. Like 
there's heart disease has gone down for the first time in decades and there's no flu apparently in 2020 no one died of the flu you know when normally a million people would die of flu so it's like you've got uh yeah that's all it is the fact that are there you know really because just because the tv said it doesn't make it true you got to say are there really this many people dying and then the ones that are dying are dying of standard causes that they're now relabeling as covid coronavirus whatever they want to call it now and that's it there's no more deaths than usual in any particular year thank you and and also you know if there are people dying that well a there's always people dying and b it's like in many ancient tribes, if somebody committed a crime, they would be put in the center of the tribe and the witch doctor would say, point the bow and say, you're dead to us. And then that person would die within a few days. So the power of suggestion is also, like I've heard of people manifesting many specific illnesses by being really scared of getting it. They get that specific dis-ease. Yep, I've seen people put themselves in wheelchairs because of belief systems or because of uh, wanting to avoid something so badly, like breaking up with a partner wanted to avoid it so so highly that they ended up uh, paralyzing their own legs right and uh yeah i've seen so many things like that the mind plays a massive massive role in how the body will function and, and like you just said people will make themselves susceptible to uh to dying <laughs> because they get so scared of a particular thing right yeah and we don't have time to go into pcr today but the, ba- the basic understanding is carrie mullis who uh, invented the test says that it's not designed to test for any sort of microbial virus or anything like that. No, it's not a diagnostic tool at all. Yeah. And it was so weird. Like one of my mentors, David Crow, he died in June. I don't know if you ever heard of him, but he had the virus myth podcast and he was a very vocal journalist on exposing the, the AIDS fraud. So he died, but then like also Carrie Mullis, the inventor of the PCR literally died a few months before all this happened. You know, I don't want to believe it was foul play, but it was just really kind of weird that he died right before all this happened. I don't know if you know anything about that. No, I don't. Could be coincidental, but knowing the way people go disappearing and all that based on knowing the truth about things, like no no one would have wanted him coming out while they were trying to roll out PCR tests around the world to test for things and him going, actually, it's not a test. <laughs> they probably would, didn't want that to happen. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you can only speculate, but if that's true, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was everything. Thank you. <laughs> cool. No, that was good. Um, uh, I had a good time. If you want to do this again, like I said, because I didn't have as much time this morning, we can definitely do another one. So awesome. uh, maybe go a bit deeper into some of the topics that we covered and, and also talk about the virome and PCR tests and everything as well. Yeah, that'd be awesome, man. Yeah, people, it's interesting because I have friends who are now varying degrees of Um, sort of understanding that the common ground that we all hold is that what the mainstream is feeding us is not true. But some people are like, for example, Chris Skye, he's like, oh, like, you know, viruses definitely exist. You know, HIV definitely exists. Uh, Whereas other people are like, no, like none of it's ever been isolated. Like, let's actually look at the papers. So there's, I guess it would be interesting to get into sort of the Zach Bush virome versus exosome thing and explore if they are two different things. Cause that's a lot of people are asking me about that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that then. We'll do a show on that. Awesome, man. Well, thank you for your time, brother. I, I really appreciate everything you're doing and, and um, thanks for being a grounded man. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, man. It's fun. Yeah. See you. Man.
Thanks so much, Tom, for being on the show, for sharing all your wisdom with us. And thanks to everybody for tuning in. If you'd like to learn more about Tom Barnett, head over to tombarnett.tv. That's also his handle on social media. And I'm really excited to delve into the second part of our interview. We're going to record that tomorrow. And on Friday, we got Dr. Andrew Kaufman in the house. We're going to speak more about the bioterrain theory. And Dr. Kaufman is a uh, psychiatrist, medical doctor. And so I'm excited to learn more about his journey uh, from the allopathic system into a more holistic system. And again, it's never about, you know, one is better than the other. It's always about how can we take the best of the best to help keep ourselves and each other healthy, happy, and holy. If you'd like to check out my music, head over to willblunderfield.ca slash home. And on that website, you can also see my semen retention training offerings, rewilding programs, and yoga courses. Wish you a beautiful day. Namaste. Mahaka Satanam Ka Muret Vahe